At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. All right, here we go. Pac-12 fans, this one's for you. Put your hands up, This is the Pac-12 Apostles. Keeping it real. And only the truth lives here. Pac-12 Apostles. Apostles. We are going to give you the status of every Pac-12 coach through spring ball and where their seat is going into the season. Also, Ray Anderson got on the Speak of the Devils podcast and didn't make anything better. We were left with more questions than answers. And the Pac-12, financial problems, I mean, they're getting worse. And it's sad because we don't want to be the bearers of bad news, but uh, there could be some major changes on the landscape. And B. John Robinson, no, he's not in the Pac-12. He's over at Texas. Signed a deal with Lamborghini. Which Pac-12 athletes should be cover, uh, cover guys for the conference who they should be promoting the most? I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden. And this is the Pac-12 Apostles, the podcast by Pac-12 fans for Pac-12 fans, where you get the absolute truth. Um, Before we get into the coaching status, I actually thought it would be good, Ralph, if we started with the financial stuff going on in the Pac-12. And there are two people that I believe that do the best at covering this on a day in and day out basis. That is John Wilner. Over at the, uh, uh, you can find his work syndicated all over the place, and John John Canzano, and both of them seem to be pretty. And I know that sometimes people feel like they hate their team and this and that, and there could be some truth to that. If 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 you feel like that, you can put together your your plan of or your or your burden of proof and your evidence. But there is no pulling punches when it comes to the finances and the status of the conference. Would you agree with that, Ralph? No, no. They they, they do a good job on the grown-up stuff. And so if you're interested in the business of sports, those are definitely two fantastic follows. I will say that uh, Arizona State fans 
cite John Wilner's time as a beat writer in Tucson for uh, their justification as to why he hates the uh, the Sun Devils. And oh, I would say Oregon that, fans say that that he hates them. Couple other fan bases do as well. So I actually think that if everybody thinks that you hate them, then you're probably doing the right. Then you're probably on the right path. Um. But uh, on Tuesday, Wilner put out an article and where he estimated the payouts for the Power Five conferences based on the numbers that were put out by USA Today. And that left the Pac-12 in a very, very, very precarious position because he said that those numbers has the Pac-12 at $19.8 million per school, which is far behind the other four conferences and that the Big 12 at $35.6 million was the next lowest. I, I when when that came out, Ralph, I could not I, I th- that number is almost double the lowest. Yeah. And like, like let's let's put it in context. That means that Kansas, University of Kansas, gets almost thirty six million dollars from their conference, and the University of Southern California gets just under twenty million from their conference. So it is more lucrative to be the University of Kansas in football who has won like seven games over the last five years than it is to be what many consider to be the premier school in the Pac-12. Yes. Now, now he goes on to list the, the tally for 2021. The SEC at the top at $54.6 million per per school. A lot of that had to do with the fact that you had more of the schools make the Pac-12, uh, sorry, m- make the college football playoff. So you had more of the schools make it. And, um, and the Big Ten at $46 million. The ACC at $36 million, the uh, Big 12 at 35.6 and the Pac-12 at 19. Uh, it it was like when when you saw that, like the biggest di- disparity at almost three times, what did that make you think? Uh, it made me think that like Larry Scott should do jail time. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude, yes, he's he's an actual criminal. Um it, it it's terrible, dude. He put us in the worst position possible. The worst position possible because at 19.8 million dollars, you are now in a position where how are you supposed to retain coaches without outside money? Think about that without donors being like, okay, we're going to kick in half of the coach's salaries. How are you? How is this sustainable? And why on earth did Larry Scott think that anything that he was doing was the right move? And now the question is, is that 
is that you've actually fallen so far behind in the last three to five years that that now when the new contracts come back in 2024, the SEC is going to be starting its second contract. The Big Ten is going to be negotiating their contracts now. So everybody gets back to the table before the Pac-12, except for the ACC, because the, um, their their deal runs through like 2035. And it's not a great deal either, but it is still significantly better than the Pac-12s. So the question is how to fix it. Like, where do you go from from here? I think I think you you got to go through the fire, right? You got you got to do the most obvious things. You have to set yourself up. Um, the tough thing is going to be negotiating the next television contract when you go to say like we're worth what the rest of these schools are worth, um, or some average of what the rest of the 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 conferences are worth. But then it gets pointed out to you that you've been surviving on m- much less. So that's going to be a tough negotiation. That's going to be like an Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray negotiation where you say like, this is the market value of what people are, are getting paid. And then you have management saying you haven't done anything. So, you know, what are, that that one's going to be really, really tough. Um, Hopefully uh, George Klyavkov already has some irons in the fire as far as, um, you know, what that can look like the savings to the conference of not paying eight to $9 million a year in rent is going to be helpful. They still have the network. They need to make the network a network. Correct. I don't care. I don't care if it's in the same way that like MTV stayed viable by taking, um, music videos completely off of, uh, taking music videos completely off to just put on stuff like, you know, real, real world road rules challenge. But that's the stuff that people are watching. If you have the, the Pat 12 network, if you have your own network, then it might be time to try to figure out some type of programming. I don't care if it's original. I don't care if it's scripted. I don't care if it's, uh, inking a deal with the Canadian football league. Like I don't, care if it's if it's um finding a way to get like wnba games do something just do something innovative with the pac-12 network to make it a somewhat viable channel that people would actually want to consume its content so that you can turn around and say you know we have x number of of viewers and that's what this should be worth to advertisers when we broadcast our own games because as it stands right now pac-12 network is only available in 14.8 million well less less now less now but yeah yeah. at the end of 2020 and that's in the country that's minuscule that 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 means that you, you you don't even rate because the availability in homes is not gonna be like everybody who has it available is not a pac-12 fan which means and, that if the Pac-12 network was only relegated to the state where most of their schools are, California, that the Pac-12 network would be uh, available in like one in every three homes in just California. Yep. And nowhere else in the rest of the country. Like that that's that's insane to me, but those numbers are national. Yeah. Correct. Whereas you have the other networks like the Big Ten network available in uh, 
over 50 million homes. The SEC network available in almost 80 million homes. It, it, it's insane. But those 2021 numbers are lower than what they they would have been because of the pandemic and stuff like that. So the estimates for 2022 are still put the Pac-12 at last, but closer at 36.3, 38 for the ACC, 40 million for the Big 12, 58 for the SEC, and then 58 for the Big 10. So the Big Ten is going to be the leader of the of the pack and the SEC, and they're going to be almost $20 million more than the Big 12. And consider the fact that Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the SEC. They're leaving the, the SEC. And to go to the SEC. No, I'm sorry. They're leaving the Big 12 to go to the SEC, and the Big 12 is at 40-some million and so the SEC revenues, when they uh, adjust these new contracts, it could be it could be a more staggering differential. You know what I mean? And when you look at the 2021 to 2024 payouts per school, the Big Ten is going to be at about two hundred and fifty two million dollars. The SEC is second at two thirty seven. And I keep trying to tell people, Ralph, that the Big Ten is the draw for college football. Yes, the SEC is big, but the but the Big Ten has the most passionate fan bases. The They obviously have huge stadiums, everything like that. And then the Big yeah. 12, all the way down at 162, the ACC at 160, and then the Pac-12 at 133, which is nearly 50% less than the Big Ten and like, 40% less than the SEC. If I'm honestly, if I'm Pac-12 network, I'm taking that 8 million that I used to pay annually in uh in rent and I'm reinvesting it in in content. Um whether it's uh putting Yogi Roth on a plane and him going to all these college towns and just like reviewing restaurants or tourist attractions in the like, give Yogi Roth a travel show. Why not? Yep. Like exactly. bring on, bring on um, the shit, like the guys from podcast of champions or, or us to bring on like uh, controversial and fun content or find people who are content creators. There's, there's so many talented people that came out of Pac-12 schools that are working in media and in, in some way, find a way to collaborate with them to come up with some original um, content ideas. Um, I it, like it would be uh, fun to show that like lampoons, you know, the, the Pac-12 that makes fun of it every single night or that interviews any number of the million different like celebrities or big name people that went to all of these Pac-12 schools. Like freaking University of Arizona alone has yep. like 10 or 12 major uh, comedy at Jimmy Tatro and Kristen Wiig. And like there, there's, you know, there's a ton of people that went to all these, um, Andrew Santino went to Arizona state. Will Farrell's a big USC supporter, like find some way to interview celebrities and, and, and build content, um, out of that, find some way to showcase 
the West Coast. Uh, find out what some of the talents and hobbies of current and former Pac-12 athletes are and then have little shows where you go out and you interview them and you showcase it. Like Build content that makes the network worth watching that that, that people are going to want to be attracted to it and watch it even when it's not game time and then help use it to enhance people's marketability for NIL, which is going to make people realize that I've got the power of a television network behind me. If I stay in the pack 12. Exactly, dude. And television is going to drive, be such a huge factor in, in this. And then that leaves the question of if they can't like, what can George Kliakoff realistically do to increase the revenue because if CBS ends up getting a game and it's not the the big game which the SEC has now, which the Pac-12 needs so dearly, if the Big Ten gets that, I don't even know where the Pac-12 goes besides staying in these terrible time slots on ESPN. Yeah. Um, the Pac- Pac-12 network needs its own gambling show. Pac-12 network needs... Uh, it, it just, it, there's, there's a ton of stuff that you could do. Uh, and it's, I mean, and shit put, uh, put boxing on it. I don't care. Like, I don't care what it is. Find some way to use what you already have to drive viewership to then benefit your schools and the student athletes. And George Klyavkov comes from an entertainment and promotion background. You know, this yeah. wouldn't be, this wouldn't be totally out of the realm of of possibility, and it might sound sound like a weird pie in the sky idea that would never happen. But if they don't do something with this network, George, they just got to cut the cord for sure, for sure. And and actually partnering with a bigger network is the actual answer. Uh, yeah, b- because the way they're going about it is not working at all. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Now that the Pac-12's money problems are behind us, well, not actually behind us, but just behind us in the episode, uh, now it's time to move on. We wanted to talk about the coaches' statuses, like where their seats are going into the season with some anticipation for, uh, you, you know, an understanding of where things stand. So we will go in alphabetical order because I have learned that going in alphabetical order is probably the way that you should do things. Thanks, Ralph Amston. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> okay, so um, I, I don't want this to be difficult on me, so I'll let you announce the uh, teams and be responsible for the alphabetical order since alphabetical is apparently the oh, So you decided you decided to go in alphabetical order and all of a sudden I got to know the alphabet. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one second. So I guess that brings us <laughs> the, the, obviously the first one is University of Arizona mm-hmm. where Jed Fish is entrenched um, going into what is his second season. Um, they had one win last year. I against a crippled cow team. Yeah, it, I'm not like a that win doesn't count type of person. But if I was, <laughs> if I was, this would be the absolute highest on my list of like, should we be, <laughs> should, should we, be, this is like that win over Cal was like how the Suns outscored the Mavericks by nine in the fourth quarter of the game that they lost by 40 <laughs> in game seven. <laughs> it's all oh, yeah. More of a moral victory than an actual victory, but a win's a win. Uh, despite being quote unquote, uh, it, um, I guess a one win team, it, things seem to be looking up in Tucson, George. If you had to rate the safety of Jed Fish's job at this point in time, where would you rate it? On a scale of Clay Helton Inferno to to Kyle Whittingham, I would go. <laughs> I, and, and and if Kyle Whittingham is is a ten and Clay Helton was a a a zero in terms of safety, I would say that Jed Fish is right now at a seven, at a seven like that. That there is a scenario where he could be on the hot seat by the end of the season. But the most likely scenario is that he it, it, it it's a soft seven, if that makes sense. He's 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 at the blackjack table and he's got a six and an ace. And the and the dealer is showing a seven. You know what I mean? Like, like he's got a soft 17 right now, buddy. So um, like so so he's got a soft seven. But a five win season would 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 put him at a at a strong eight. You know what I mean? Like a strong eight. Like it would solidify and not be, you know, fluid because there has to be market improvement because of the hype surrounding it. They've increased talent. So five wins for this team would 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 be like getting a bowl game. 
So one thing that nobody's talking about is that they've had more people leave their program than any other team in the Pac-12. But I think the reason that nobody's talking about that is those are players from winless rosters. Correct. And they weren't necessarily getting time and they're kind of being replaced. And a lot of those players actually stuck around an extra year to play last year when a lot of people thought they'd leave. And you don't really hear much about people leaving on bad terms. Um, so you have, you have a lot of players leaving and, and a couple of them were maybe a little bit eye opening like Mejon Wright, but they've also had some players come in. Everybody uses the phrase trending up. Jedfish seems to be really in touch with what's going on in college football. He hasn't complained one time about the direction of college football or anything like that. Um, it might help that he just turned 46 a couple of weeks ago. So he's relatively young as far as um, head coaches go. Is there a threat, George, of like, hey, University of Arizona goes six and six against all expectations, and then Jed Fish becomes a hot name on the coaching market? Like, could that are they more at risk of losing Jed Fish if they succeed than or than if they continue to be at the level of failure they've had um, for the last couple of years. Oh, I, I think that Jed, Jed fish is not a danger of leaving at this point in point in time. I don't think he has enough cachet on his name yet as, as a head coach to, to warrant, you know, like one of the, you know, one of the big name programs. Yeah. I guess I wasn't making my point clear enough because what I meant to say was, as college football rapidly changes in the transfer portal and NIL era, there will be a premium on coaches who get it. Yeah. He seems like he does. Yeah. So does that increase beyond just making university of Arizona look better? There's going to be a run on anybody who seems to know what they're doing. Okay. I get that. But Jed fish to me, being that he's a guy that's moved around a lot and from conversations I've had with him, I don't think that he wants to be that guy. I think that he wants to, you know, leave things for sure better than what he found them. So if an NFL job came up as a head coaching job in the next two, three years, then possibly, or if, you know, if Lincoln Riley for some reason left USC then, yeah, but I, I just don't see him as a guy who's going to be willing to just be like, all right, cool, I'm out. The, and also his name doesn't have that sort of buzz yet around it. After this season, if there's market improvement, because they were a one-win team. So anything short of like seven wins this year, I don't think that you're going to have as many people pursuing him as you will the following season if they if they're an eight win team you know what i mean yeah the the following year it's just it's fascinating because it all it's all buzz 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 right jaden delora comes in jordan mcleod healthy um they still have uh i believe they still have um will Plummer um and gunner cruz on the team um, you they know, ain't gonna play. <laughs> it's but it's and Noah Fafita obviously coming in as a freshman. But everything with Jed Fish really depends on whether or not he can be the quarterback guru that he was painted to be when they ultimately hired him. Yes, he does all of the small things right, but can he do the main thing? 
the thing he was hired to do, which is make sure that they have a competitive passing uh, offense, you know, because again, he does all the little things. He back in April, he had Bill Belichick speaking to the team like that type of stuff is is great peripheral stuff for a head coach. But is it um, can he do the one thing you're supposed to do? And that's coach this team to winning football. Yeah, that's a legitimate question. That is a legitimate question, dude, because winning football is probably more important than anything else in this process. Because if you're not winning football games, you have a major league problem. Yeah. And so and so I think that they are on the right path. All right. uh, Who's the next team up? Oh, (laughs) okay. So this is going to be an interesting one because we got to keep we got to keep the main thing. The main thing here. We're here to talk about Herm Edwards. We're going to talk about Ray Anderson later in the program. Um, We're just talking about what's going on with Herm Edwards at, at this point and what his status is. It's hard to talk about that without getting into to Ray Edwards and the speak of the devil's clips and everything like that. But just in in on the topic of Herm Edwards alone coming off an eight win season, how do you feel about his status at Arizona State? Oh, his status at Arizona State, it should be on rocky ground, but it's not. Like it it clearly looks like he is a guy who is not going to be fired under any circumstances. Her, I mean, Ray Anderson said as much. So I'm not even sure how you can, you know, think anything else is going on besides, you know, falling apart. I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but, but besides, even though things appear to be falling apart, that, that, you know, that Ray Anderson and Herm Edwards will not be casualties of that. Right. Um, so as far as Herm Edwards goes and everything that's going on right now, they oh, obviously lost. So, so sorry. So, so I would give him an, an eight, even though it should be a two. Yeah. Yeah. So they lost their starting quarterback, their top two receivers, their top running back, their best defensive end, and their best linebacker, and their best up-and-coming corner all to the transfer portal. Um, that's they, they lost several other players, and they brought a few guys in. Um, but I don't know if anybody was as damaged as losing like returning starters as Arizona state was. And then, you know, obviously they, they, they had a linebacker um, that was implicated in a, in a, in a DUI manslaughter case um, a couple of weeks ago that he's not going to be available to play for them either. And so um, this is, if Arizona state is going to be competitive, it's gonna, it, 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 largely falls completely on the shoulders of Herm Edwards, right? Like if this team is competitive in any way at all, based on everything that's happened, it's going to look really good for him. Um, he's kind of kept quiet this off season. He did just, um, <laughs> he did just headline the national sporting goods association management conference and team dealer summit and give a motivational speech on understanding your role within the team doing your job, adjusting in times of adversity, and always doing what's right. What do you think of that, George? (laughs) (laughs) The always doing what's what's right part. See, 
And the thing is, is that Herm did some stuff that that he should not have done in terms of violating some of the recruiting rules and all of that. But I think that he was more asleep at the wheel than anything else. Like, I don't think that his part in it was and this could be me giving Herm too much credit. But I think that I think that it was I blame the people around him more than I blame Herm. And I'm not sure if that's right. Right. So, um, again, keynote at a sporting goods association, uh, conference is what Herm Edwards is up to right now. Um, you believe that he is, uh, locked in and I'm not sure it's up to him. I think it really comes down to what the NCAA has to say, but who knows when that comes out or if it ever comes out. So we, we might be in for another five years of, uh, of Herm Edwards. Let's go to university of California. With Justin Wilcox returning both his offensive and defensive coordinator, which is very David Shaw of him. And uh, and they have actually made quite a splash in the in the transfer portal. Um, I believe they got Odua Isabor, who is a f- infrequent starter for UCLA over the last three years. Um, they pulled an offensive lineman from Arizona State uh, and Spencer Lovell, who was competing to start and should probably go in there and make an impact. They, they actually did a lot through the portal, including adding um, Jack Plummer from Purdue to go in there and compete with Kai Milner for the starting quarterback job. They were not shy about using the portal, replenishing uh, from the portal. Um, Which was shocking, really. Yeah. And then we, you know, we have the whole, you know, obviously you were intimately involved in this process, um, but we have the whole like, he could have been the coach of Oregon this year, but he doubled down on Cal. So is Cal committed to him? Where, where would you rate his seat uh, as far as, you know, at Cal, his safety? Oh, oh, his his safety is an, an eight, an eight. And it's not even so much for the results on the field. I, I think that he's more likely to leave than Cal is to fire him. Because... And I don't think he's likely to leave either because there are so many like a lot of coaches don't want that cow job because, as you saw during COVID, the most ridiculous restrictions, some of them just didn't make sense, which made it tough to play. Um, The academic standards, obviously, the fan support donation, like all of those things. Uh, make it a an extremely tough job and Cal knows that he's somebody who wants the job has proven that he can recruit better so yeah his, his seat is is safe it is um it is interesting to see Cal embrace the uh the transfer portal in the way that they have and I, I feel like they've gotten solid starter level players uh in in multiple positions whether or not those players make an impact remains to be seen um but you know i i, I look at what uh yogi roth who you have to read between the lines sometimes because he often has all 12 pack 12 teams going 12 and 0 um <laughs> prior to the season but yogi roth believes uh, that Jack Plummer is a is a pure passer. He believes that the wide receivers are explosive, and he thinks that the front seven on defense, including Brett Johnson, um, are are in the upper tier of of the Pac-12. And so, if K- 
Cal has a disappointing year after kind of getting hyped like that and having coaching continuity, which not a lot of other um, schools in the Pac-12 have, then you really don't believe that there's a possibility they could let him go? Oh, yeah, no. Nope. Nope. No way they let him go. I don't I don't see that at all. Okay. Well, then let's move on to Carl Durrell and the University of Colorado, who did not use the transfer portal except to lose players. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they, they were up toward the scholarship limit. So, it, you know, they basically said we're not going to go that direction. But the truth is they probably couldn't even if they wanted to. Um, Carl Durrell made a change at four of the five offensive assistant positions. And so that's, that is the big thing for them is if they can't score points, it's hard to envision his return. And the thing that he's talking about in a lot of his uh, preseason press, the part of the team that he's most excited about, you would hope would be on the offensive side of the ball, but it's not. He's in love with the secondary. Yep. So uh, that worries me. But where, where, how well, do you and they lost their it? best player in the secondary to the transfer portal to yes. Oregon in Christian Gonzalez. Now, well, now then, and if, then they lose a corner to USC as well. Yeah. So in the in the range of Clay Helton to Kyle Whittingham, Carl Durrell is at a five right now, but he's trending down, bro. He he could be on the hot seat. And I think the biggest mistake that he made this offseason was with his offensive coordinator choice. He had the opportunity to get Brennan Marion, who's now at Texas, as pass game coordinator and wide receiver coach, as his offensive coordinator, innovative, all of this stuff. And instead, he went and hired the guy from Minnesota who has one of the worst, who had one of the worst offenses in the nation and so I, I just don't see that as a positive move. It is their their offense was a disaster last year. I don't see it as much better this year. They lost Brendan Rice in the transfer portal. So and he was Jarek, by Jarek Brassard went to Michigan State. Yeah. Yeah. They lost their two best offensive weapons. And they're not going to be better. So, so yes, Carl Durrell has put himself in a position with the offensive coordinator hire, considering the the talent, because the the players were like, nah, nah, I ain't signing up for that, buddy. Uh, now he is going to be. He, he, I I would say his seat. Yeah, yeah, he's a five right now, but it it could turn into a an inferno, a Clay Helton situation real quick. The quietest thing that's happening in the Pac-12 right now, which I I always, it it always sort of is unnerving that things are quiet in the Pac-12. Because if this was a matter of a new starting quarterback coming in at any SEC school, you'd have people arguing online about whether that quarterback's good all day, every day, right? There's so much pressure on JT Shrout to be good this year for Colorado to be competitive. Oh, yeah. Can you guess the date? The last date on the calendar that someone even tweeted JT Shrout's name. Twitter's a big place full of college football fans. Yes. Yeah, an enormous place. Yes. The last time that anybody mentioned JT Shrout's name on Twitter was April 23rd. 
and that was a media member. What? Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying typed his name or are you saying like typed it? Typed it. Like or or added him or anything like that. I can tell you the last time that somebody added him as well. It okay. is uh April twenty third. What? Yeah. It has been over a month since anybody even used his name on the internet, and he is the starting quarterback of a Power 5 Pac-12 school. And some people might think that that means nothing. I think that that means a lot, bro. That means that the excitement energy around the team is not where it needs to be. Yeah, so for reference, pick any school in the country. Like a, 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 the, especially one that's probably in the SEC. Well, I actually the the uh, Big Ten gen, g- generates the most interest, but okay. let's let's go for Florida because they have a new head coach, a young starting quarterback. Um, okay, and who is Florida's starting quarterback? Uh, the kid Williams. Hold on. Um, Hold on, is it Anthony, Anthony Richardson? Yeah, yeah, Anthony Richardson, duh. Okay, let's see how often Anthony Richardson, and I'll even say Anthony Richardson, Florida, in the event that it's just a popular name. So the term Anthony Richardson, Florida, uh, somebody recorded a podcast just yesterday asking if it's Anthony Richards' time with the Florida Gators. There are fans arguing whether or not he should have been included in 24-7's top 10 quarterbacks going into next year. There's a Locked On podcast from two days ago talking solely about Anthony Richardson. Um, There's a YouTube channel that put out a video on Anthony Richardson from May 24th. There are uh, people trying to sell signed trading cards of Anthony Richardson in the last two days. Um yeah, no, everybody's there's a bunch of people talking about Anthony Richardson. JT Shrout has not been mentioned on the internet in a month. In fact, I'm going to go to the Pac-12 Apostles Twitter account right now and I'm just going to tweet the name JT Shrout cuz he deserves better. <laughs> no context. Follow Pac-12 Apostles on Twitter. If you favorite this tweet, if you listen to this episode and and if you can find and favorite this tweet, we'll give you a shout out. I'm just tweeting JT Shrout. There, no context at all. Tweet sent. <laughs> the, cl- the clock has been reset, Colorado fans. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. All right. All right okay. Who's our, who's our next team? Uh, your boys. <laughs> your boys. Oregon. University of Isn't Oregon. Isn't it crazy that the alphabetical order in the Pac-12 goes like A-C-O? Like, like nothing in between. So there's a lot on the back half. Uh, Dan, Dan Lanning's seat is at a... It's at a soft eight and a half, nine right now. He would burn his ass on the ice if he sat down. Yes. <laughs> he has Oregon fans so hyped up right now. Um, just with the recruiting and also, and maybe Oklahoma fans should take a should take notice that it like the best way to get over somebody is to get under and support somebody else. Is <laughs> to get under somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, what I would like to see from Oklahoma fans is them just hyping up Venables, right? But they're not. They're still pissed off about Lincoln Riley. I think Oregon fans, for the most part, have let Cristobal go or are trying to show Cristobal who's boss by... yes. By just <laughs> by just tweeting about how awesome Dan Lanning is twenty four seven. Yep, you are one hundred percent right, bro. There is nothing hot about this seat at all. This is the only reason why it can't be Kyle Whittingham is because he hasn't played yet. So I mean, he hasn't coached a game yet. But th- this is as close as you can get to a non ejecto seat. Then I mean, like to where like you would the only way Kyle, uh, Kyle Whittingham could get fired is if he were on tape uh, saying saying the things that his former d- defensive coordinator said. And like, even then, and even then, he might not arguable. be. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. So then I guess next is the uh, the the kids in Corvallis and Jonathan Smith, right? Who just received an extension? I know that doesn't necessarily mean anything in the grand scheme of things. Uh, they did not bring in a transfer quarterback, but they do have a lot of team continuity. Um, I think that we have spent so many years talking about what a fantastic coach he is based on the level of talent that he has, but I'm pretty sure at this point he has reached a point where every single player on that team is due to him and his staff, right? It's yeah. we're, we're at the point where it's, it's completely his machine. So Correct. if they don't succeed, I feel like there's a possibility that there's some risk of his shine finally wearing off. Mm. No, no, I don't. <laughs> no, no way, dude. He's a son of the program. He, he's a nine in terms of safety. Okay, you say son of the program, but if Scott Frost doesn't succeed at Nebraska this year, he's done. Correct, but but the expectations are different for Scott Frost as opposed to Jonathan Smith, who's gotten the team better. Like the right. like the team is it, like they went from not competing to like now they are a threat. 
and they just beat Oregon, not last year, but the but the year prior. The, the and you know they have an opportunity to like when you look at their schedule, they have Boise State. If they beat Boise State, they're in good shape. You hear me? Yeah. And then they have Fresno State as well. If they beat both of those teams, they are on the path. And then after that, they have uh, Montana or Montana State, one or or two. And so, yeah, so there is an opportunity – for them to, you know, for them to win, especially if they start out three and zero, which is very possible, right? Which is very possible. But the Boise State game is obviously going to be tough. Fresno State, new new coach, but old coach in Tedford. Yeah, they they have a chance to start out three and zero, and then it gets difficult with USC and with uh, Utah. At, but the USC game is in Corvallis, and Lincoln Riley has not been to Corvallis. Right. And um, and what does Oregon State like to do? Run the football, right? Yeah, yeah. What yeah, is USC terrible at? You're making you're making an interesting point. I never even would have considered that that was going to be uh, competitive. But yeah, I mean, it's very possible. That they they do what they do in that. Oh game. God! And, and how USC well would that go now. over with USC losing in Corvallis and <laughs> <laughs> to make and make Oklahoma fans happy? So here's the deal. Like we said, you know, there's a ton of pressure on JT Shrout um, to to save Carl Durrell's job. It very much feels like not only did they not bring in a transfer quarterback, but that Jonathan Smith is really wanting to give chance Nolan another go and design runs for it. Yeah. He, he, so not only does he want the chance Nolan show to continue, he wants chance Nolan picking up first downs with his feet. He has said as much recently in the media. How do you feel about that? It's smart. It is smart. When your quarterback is a threat, then then and and he knows he doesn't have a great quarterback. He's got a and so now he has to do more things to make him successful in in the situation. So I think it's smart. How interesting would that be if it was, you know, you have JT Daniels considering Oregon State, but he doesn't make the move because the offense just makes more sense with a mobile quarterback. So they roll with Chance Nolan and have success. That'd be a hell of a story for Oregon yep. State. Oh yeah. If it fails, though, it's also going to not look so great on him. And so I don't know if I feel as confident as you do um, in that regard. Uh, So next up, if I know how to properly operate the alphabet, we have the University of Stanford. Whoa, Um, whoa, whoa. You you have already screwed up. Did I say University of Stanford? Yes, you did. Oof. Delete that because my kid wants to go there. And and if... If that affects his admissions process, he's going to be upset. <laughs> so, and that's David Shaw, the team that was two and seven in conference last year, three and nine overall. 
Uh, Made what, no changes, no staff changes because they never what, staff changes. What, what have I been saying for the last, since, since we've been doing this podcast about David Shaw and Stanford and intellectual br- brutality and everything that's going on? It's over. It's over. They are trending the wrong way. But I do think that they will be better this year. I think that that they that they're making some philosophical changes, which will help them be better because last year was was awful, dude, was absolutely awful. And like in beating Oregon didn't even help. So I, I look at that. I look at this season as a pivotal pivotal one for David Shaw because I think his seat is super safe. I think he's a nine, but he could find himself a two after this season if they don't win. Because <sighs> they're not going to fire David Shaw, but they, but they, but they will if if there's another three and nine season. Yeah, they either will make a move or say, "Listen, next year's your final opportunity, and if not, we will fire you." I like David Shaw. I love having him in the Pac-12. I love what Stanford brings to the table is just sort of being being different and being out on their own and the way that they, they recruit. They just have to find a way to be competitive. And I think that he, uh, better than anyone with all the time that he spends on NFL draft shows, knows the type of player that you need in order to be successful and the type of offense that you need to run in order to be successful. Um and it would suck to lose a coach who's as forthright and out there with his opinions as he is. Cause no, it feels like nobody feels safer to, to express how they feel, uh, which we didn't even talk about. We, we, he did again recently when he talked about the possible pac 12 scheduling changes. Um, and if you didn't listen to last week's episode, you can go back and, and, and listen to that and how we talked about how, you know, the divisions are breaking up and everything. Um, but he said the biggest non-negotiable for him is that, and for every California school, is that they will always play each other. Yes. They will never, never have a season where Stanford doesn't have Cal, SC, and UCLA on their schedule. He's saying that those are non-negotiable. Like, we don't have a lot of people in the Pac-12 who will just come out and and bully the commissioner like that. Yeah. But do it in a way that everybody respects, right? Yeah. And so, I don't know. I, I, I want them to be good enough for him to stick around. You say they might not even need to be good enough, but I want them to be good enough for him to stick around just because I can't imagine the Pac-12 without without him in it. Oh, oh, oh for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. It, yeah. I, I just hope he does better because I don't want him to be fired at all. At all. All right. The, the, the next school. Now, see, now we're getting to the complicated parts of the U's. So U's are the W. You are W. I'm not a big end of the alphabet person. (laughs) (laughs) S-T-U. Let's talk about uh, Chip Kelly, Mr. My Play Cards at Oregon Didn't Mean Anything, and the UCLA Bruins heading into this season. He signed an extension, which I think was kind of a surprise. Rise. I know that that's how college football works, period. But like for Martin German, the UCLA athletic director, to commit to Chip Kelly in that way 
when they've shown progress, but they haven't shown the type of progress they really need to show to justify the investment in Chip Kelly, who's supposed to be the program's savior. Um, is his seat hot at all? At all. Because of the extension? No. No. But last year bought him a lot of goodwill getting eight wins, right? And then they didn't get a chance to play their bowl game because of COVID. So he bought a lot of goodwill. The extension makes it impossible for him to be fired. So I would say his seat is a is a 10, is a 10 safe for this season. Wow. That's the safest in the Pac-12, safe as you can possibly be. Yes. Yes. He's not getting fired after this year because of the extension, no matter what happens. He did just land a big time uh, recruit. Yeah, running back. Running back, Roderick Robinson, 6'1, 230, class of 2023, um, out of Lincoln High School. They are paying more attention to recruiting now, a little bit. Are they paying more? I mean, if, I, I feel like this fits, this kid physically fits the type of thing that they're looking for. Yep. Maybe he had a good sleep study and didn't have any lobster allergies or whatever else they need <laughs> to be able to extend an offer. Yep. Yeah. So, no, they are doing better. So, yeah, he's nowhere near the ejecto seat. All right. Um, I think that the 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 next one is probably the second easiest in the Pac-12. Like the like the rest of these are pretty easy because it is USC and Lincoln Riley. You can't get any safer than Lincoln Riley is right right now. I still feel like it's delicate. It is delicate, but for this year, no, no, no. See, see what's what, what's delicate is USC's fan base sentiment about him. But whether he is the head, whether he will be fired, that is an absolute negatory, no freaking chance that he gets fired. They they barely were able to 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 round up enough energy to 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 get him. So so to fire him and owe him, even if it's just 75 percent of the contract, like 90 million dollars, bro, ain't no ain't no way. There's no fucking way they fire him. Yeah, I just I I just I, I think I think this is a fantastic hire for for um USC and I think overall good for the conference, right? Yeah. I know there's people that aren't back to pack out there, and I at this point, several years in, understand your argument and just disagree. Um, but let's just be really clear here. They traded an air raid system with elite passers and five-star wideouts for an air raid system with elite passers and five-star <laughs> wideouts. That, so far, am I wrong? No, no, no. That, you are 100% right. That's that's pretty much the trade so far. Yep. And They it, still need to be better on the defensive front and the defensive front seven. Everybody wants to talk about the Reggie Bush era. Everybody wants to talk about the Reggie Bush era and not the fact that they had four of the top five linebackers in college football on the same roster. Exactly. And not the fact that like 
their worst offensive lineman probably on that squad was like Deuce Latui, who went second round to the Arizona Cardinals. Yep. Bro, people forget about him as well. So, yeah, they – so if Lincoln Riley isn't a 10, what 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 the hell else is he did, Ralph? I think you're right. I just think that I I just think No, nah, I think you're right. I mean, I guess there's always like there's always the New York Giants call. There's always the like lack of safety in your job yes. because of your in-demandedness. Oh, yes. But n- no. No. And a- a- no <laughs> Okay. Listen, that it's going to be tough to bigger, better deal the deal that he got right now, <laughs> and the and the location and everything else. He it, it's going to take him a while to grow tired of that. Hey, location doesn't matter if Sean McVay retires after this year. You're damn right, but but this is not about being about taking another job. This is about being fired. Okay. But but yes, oh God. Oh my God! USC fans would cry so bad, bro. <laughs> Fuck, they would be. Oh, Sean McVay retires, and they a- take Lincoln Riley. They're gonna be like, "Mother of Derek." <laughs> oh my God! If the Rams win the Super Bowl again and he retires, especially if he was like almost about to do it this year, yeah. And he's still partying up at draft day when they don't have any first round picks, making fun of other people's picks on camera. Yep. He's living the life, man. I I don't know. I I don't know. I just, I think that USC will be better and I hope that they will be definitely not get embarrassed in their out of conference schedule anymore. Like that, that stuff matters to me. Um, But as it stands right now, it really feels like they, they just um, are are doing more of the same. They're sh- shining shit as it, as it goes, but we'll see. Um, so next up, uh, we, <laughs> we have Utah. Okay. Which you have referred repeatedly in this segment to Kyle Whittingham being the most safe job in the pac 12. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, there's nothing to say. I mean, like absent of him being uh, on the uh, on the uh, camera, being like inward, 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 <laughs> f these ends. <laughs> you know what I mean, like aside from that, or him on camera, like, 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 like he would have to be on, like, like he would have to get caught with kitty porn to get to get fired. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's it, he is. I feel like he's the closest thing the Pac-12 has to the coach that he used to coach under, Lavelle Edwards, where it's just like you are a lifer. People will always associate you with this. Yes, dude. And and I don't want to use this dude. And and I'm going to use this guy's name, but he's like the Bobby Bowden or um, or Joe Paterno for Penn State absent the scandal. I'm saying like like he's their hero and he's there as long as he wants to be. Yes. And he's winning. So like that's with the opportunity to go on a serious run. Yep. Even even what's so infuriating for anybody else that's in the conference was like, oh, man, like Utah already has trouble recruiting. And now they introduce NIL like Utah's at another disadvantage. They don't care. No, nope. they literally do not care. Nope. They're going to do things the way that they do them. And then they're going to have success. 
and everybody else is trying to make these tiny adjustments to get all these advantages. And, and then you even have teams that try to do it that same way, get the R kind of guys, bring them in, develop them, but nobody has the patience that Utah has. Yep. And they're trying to recruit better now too. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a wrap. All right. Uh, we got you dub. This is a really interesting one. Um, the, you know, you keep bringing up the fact that like, uh, you brought it up through the entire short Jimmy Lake era that like recruiting is falling off without yes. Chris Peterson recruiting is falling off. And so much of the recruiting success under Chris Peterson was actually attributed to Jimmy Lake. But the truth is it was a whole staff effort and Jimmy Lake in order to assert his dominance on that program, fired a bunch of people and cut off the continuity of the staff. Correct. Um, which is absolutely his prerogative to have done, but it hurt him in the long run. Kalen DeBoer is in there and Kalen DeBoer's won everywhere he's been. There's a lot of well-earned hype around Kalen DeBoer, but they're still not really landing anybody of consequence. And the quarterback that they're currently in play for George, do you want to know his, his, his current final four? He's out of South Dakota. He, Oh, his final four are like Wyoming, uh, Wyoming, Washington. And Oh my God, I forgot the two other like whack schools, right? No, it's North Dakota state. It's really coming down to like, North Dakota State or Washington, probably. Bro, just the, and, and why Wyoming was was on his top four, right? Well, no, no, you've made the mistake that everybody made my entire childhood being from Wyoming. It was Wisconsin. Oh, so, oh, duh. Yes. So speaking of W's, <laughs> yes, but but apparently, with he wasn't a take for Wisconsin or something. So, but if you're Washington, just the fact that you are debating with the recruit about North about South about North Dakota State and you even though and, they've had a number 1 pick in the NFL draft and a number 3 pick in the NFL draft in the last 10 years at that position. Yeah, so, all well true. At, yeah, at this point you got to have to consider North Dakota State <laughs> if you want to play in the NFL. So like it, it's more understandable than people want to make it, but it's just not something that I'm used to seeing. Of like mm-hmm. I'm deciding between University of Washington and and an FCS school. Dude, that is a that should be very humbling. Did you speaking of humbling, and I don't mean for the because I actually really like I like the University of Washington. I like Kalen DeBoer. I'm not your breed of hater, but did you see their spring scrimmage? Uh I I saw part of it, but uh me watching me and you watching it. Um, I, I would venture to say that more people watched it on television than than were well on YouTube or clips of it than was actually in the stands. I have seen more people now that I've moved to the South. I have seen more people in a Chick-fil-A drive through than I saw in the crowd at that scrimmage. And that was shocking to me because like the sun was out for one of the 60 days a year that it is overhead. And it just there wasn't there wasn't anybody there. Yeah, which is. That's sad, dude, because Oregon Oregon had like 40,000 people there. USC just got Lincoln Riley. They barely had anybody at theirs. Utah's was 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 well attended. It it, it just sucks, dude. It's it's weird because they have a really strong. uh, Yes, they do. They have a great fan base. And yes, I'm saying Washington has a great fan base. So uh, help me out with this. Like what? So how much leeway does a brand new coach have who is kind of a smaller name 
um, after they got rid of co- a coach after one one year. They're going to give him two years. If recruiting doesn't pick up the second year, and depending on their record, because Washington for this season, they could be – so they start out at Kent State. I mean, are we 100% sure about that? Because they don't even have their quarterback position 100% solidified yet. And we saw what happened last year against Montana. So everything's on the table. Um, Portland State, they're going to beat them. They're not going to beat Michigan State. And then from there, the Pac-12 schedule, like you could be looking at a five or six win team. Which as long as they show, as long as they show some life. Yes. On offense, I think that would be acceptable. Correct. Uh, p- particularly on offense, because they are going to take a little bit of a regression on defense, which had been their calling card. So. And they just lost Jacoby Covington to USC, I believe. Yep. Yeah, the corner. Yeah. So, like, and, but they still got some talent in that defensive backfield. It's just not at the, it's hard to stay at that level over, over yeah, the course of freaking like a decade. Seven, year period. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and especially with so many coaching changes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think Kalen DeBoer is at a, I, 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 I'm put him at a soft seven, a soft seven. He's just like the, uh, the uh, other, he's just like jet, jet fish, soft, soft seven. We don't know which way it's going to go, but it could definitely go either, either way. Like it's super fluid. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. So that leaves us with Washington State and Jake Dickert, who um, <laughs> I'm going to read you a tweet from May 16th from Chris Vanini, um, who 
is a senior writer with The Athletic, he had filed a FOIA request for information, I'm guessing, on Nick Rolovich's fire and the entire thing that went down there with Nick Rolovich and a couple of assistants refusing to get vaccinated, which led to the coaching change in the middle of the season. And the only thing that he was provided with in this Freedom of Information Act request was this change in the contract memo from Nick Rolovich's contract to Jake Dickert's contract. I'm going to read you Nick Rolovich's and then I'm going to read Jake Dickert's and see if you can tell the difference. Okay. This is Nick Rolovich's. The coach will have a duty to manage and operate the football program in compliance with university rules, NCAA rules and requirements, and in conformance with all state laws, including the Washington State Ethics Act and the Washington Public Records and Federal Laws, including Title IX. That was Nick Rolovich's. This is Jake Dickert's contract memo. The head coach will have a duty to manage and operate the football program in compliance with university rules, NCAA rules and requirements, and in conformance with all state laws, including Washington State Ethics Act and Washington Public Records and federal laws, including Title IX. Additionally, the coach will need to operate in conformance with all federal, state, and local public health requirements. Yeah, obvious. <laughs> obvious. <laughs> yeah. Bro, that... Okay, so... Where do you think that he is is on the on the hot seat level? Because I think that he is at a five right now. I you know, yeah, because this could go. But but it's kind of a solid five like that. I don't think that they're going to fire him after this year unless that there's a, a unmitigated disaster. But I don't think that he's on the most solid footing in the Pac-12. Like, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, so here, here's the deal with, with Jake Dickert. He's going to be given um, – there's no way he's not the coach in 2023. He's going to be given some, some grace and some runway here because this is like – this is also Pat Chun's reputation and all, there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on, right? Yeah. Um, he's already spent some time as the interim head coach. They are moving on from what was probably the second or third best quarterback in the Pac-12 to bringing in a transfer. And while that's a big risk, they're already hyping Cam Ward like he's the guy. The way they used to hype the FCS Correct. quarterbacks that would come in to play at Oregon. Yeah. Like it's that level of hype. Right. And uh, so I, I don't know. I've got I've got questions about whether Jake Dickert can build and sustain a football team. But John Wilner wrote a really interesting article about how Jake Dickert was actually at that school um, where the the coach got arrested um, for child porn. Yeah. But it was just his kids playing in the bath. Yeah, which just just terrible. Right. But like so so Dickert was on that staff and the head coach was basically let go and they replaced him. And then when that head coach was cleared um, of any wrongdoing, he had accepted another job. His name was Todd Hoffner. He had accepted another job, but when he was cleared, he was given the option to, to, to stay at Minot state where he are, or Minot state or however you pronounce it, where he had taken the head coaching job or go back to Minnesota state and co-coach with the guy that replaced him. And he chose to return to Minnesota state and co-coach, which caused the players to 
stage a protest and refused to practice. Jake Dickert was there for all that. Yeah. So this is the second major upheaval that he has been. Um, yeah. Under been on staff for bro. Yeah. He's listen. Note: Don't hire Jake Dickert because <laughs> if you are the head coach. Because oh, because yeah. your because your dusty corners will be exposed. So don't. All right. Go. Well, he worked for my guy at Wyoming, and he's he's still firmly entrenched. So, but I, I would say this: like, so he's no stranger to chaos. So I don't think that's going to be the thing that that does him in. I think that he has the life experience, and he has proven that he can handle a program in tumult. But can he? Can he work in what in good times? Tumult. What is tumult? T u m u l t. Turmoil? Come on now. You went to University of Oregon. Have you ever heard of tumultuous? What is tumult? Tumult. Like tumultuous? Yes. Have you ever heard? Yeah. Yes. Tumultuous or turmoil. What the hell is tumult? Tumultuous? It's without the the U.S. at the end. Okay. It means confusion. All right, cool. Because well, well, that's what you just created. So okay, by uh, using <laughs> words. <laughs> all right, um, all right. Well, that's the end of the coaching hot seats. But there was something else. So there, before we get to Ray Anderson, actually, no, let's do Ray Anderson first, and then go to the next thing. But so Ray Anderson was on the Speak of the Devils podcast. You made this aware. Uh, made me aware of this happening and it was so incredible that as I was listening to it, I had to take notes. I literally had to take notes on this. Cause I was like, Oh, okay. Hold up. This doesn't make sense to me. And if you can answer these questions to, uh, for me, I will feel better. Okay. Can you, do you believe me when I say that I was listening to this in my backyard and I yelled out loud at nobody in particular three times in the first three minutes of the interview. Okay. So, all right. What, what I'll, I'll let you go then. What, what were your first things? What, what were the things that made you yell? Um, I think when he said that every athletic director in the country is dealing with the same issues of their players leaving for, for greener pastures basically made it sound like everybody's in the same place as far as NIL affecting them in a way where you, you could lose your, your players. And all I kept yelling was, no, it's not, it's not the same for everybody. Exactly. No, it's not, not even a little bit, bro. It's if you, if you want to be offended at university of Colorado, where you you didn't you just plain lost your best talent to other places that's fine but university of colorado didn't chase their talent out maybe you can make the argument that brendan rice left after the offensive coordinator decision wasn't one that would have kept him around yeah maybe but they were lucky to ever have him in the first place um because he committed to the offensive coordinator they had in place, the one they fired, Derek yep. Chivarini. So that that's a little bit different than coming out and saying, we're not going to get in an arms race, and then watching all your players who had no intention of leaving 
then decide that it was the time to leave. Exactly. Exactly, bro. So I it, the the thing with the about the arms race thing where he said it's not an advantage or a disadvantage. I was like, what do you mean it's not? Like you're not in a position where it's an advantage or a disadvantage. You do not stay in the middle. It's either hurting you or helping you. You are always getting better or getting worse. You are never staying the same. So with that said, he went on to go talk about the pro model. Oh, the pro model, the pro model, the pro model. And and I, I think that this is that when you say this to kids, you are actually doing them a disservice. Because the the vast majority of your team, even if you are Alabama, is not going to go pro. They are not going to have a professional career. So the idea that you're selling them on this pro model when the majority of them are not going to go pro is is negligent to me. And why not help the kids get a head start in life with with the NIL stuff? If you have an opportunity to make hundreds of thousands of dollars or fifties of thousands or whatever, you're going to give yourself a head start in life. And instead of focusing on that, I think it is wrong to talk. Oh, pro model, pro model, pro model, bro. The majority of your guys are not going pro. Even if you're at Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, the majority of them are not. So to pretend like they are, especially at Arizona State, is foolish. And then, can I can I can I speak to that real quick? Yeah. So. That's what they said they were going to do coming in. Yeah. Was the pro model stuff, right? Now they're saying they're going to double down and refocus on it. But they've never said what it is. They've never said what it is. They just said, we're going to do a better job than other people preparing players to get drafted. Not if they don't go to your school. Yeah. Not if they don't go to your school. Herm Edwards has not proven that he can take a three-star talent the way they can at Wyoming or North Dakota state and get them to the NFL level. He has not proven that moreover, George, they don't want those players. They Correct. don't want the three-star talent. They want the guys that uh, like, this is, this is something that they said when they brought, when they first gave Herman Edwards a job and they gathered up all the Arizona high school coaches and they put them in front of Al Luganbill and, and all the other coaches, including Dave Christensen, the former offensive line coach. And they said, if you've got a kid at your school who looks like he could go to Alabama, that's who we want. Yep. Exactly. And and, they, and Al Luganbill has told me that as well, who used to be. And they haven't been able to recruit at that level. Like that's no. the coldest part is that is that then that goes to something else that he talked about, about recruiting in-state talent, like that they're going to uh, recommit to recruiting but in-state talent. Let's not even let's not even go down that. Let's let's look at what they've done right now. Herm Edwards was supposed to have NFL connections that made sure that kids that were on the cusp of getting drafted would actually get drafted because one of the frustrations with Tom, uh, with Todd Graham was that guys like DJ Foster, who was a program legend where he ended up being a UDFA before he spent four years in the NFL. Yeah. Right. So one of the frustrations was that you didn't have somebody who could, you know, if somebody was uh, going to be a fifth or sixth round pick, 
that they could actually make sure they were fifth and sixth round pick and didn't slip out of the draft altogether. How has how has Herm Edwards done that? The most talented, physically talented defensive player that they had, including somebody who produced on and off throughout his career, Tyler Johnson, didn't get a combine invite and didn't even sign on as a UDFA. Chase Lucas, who early in the season, one writer gave him a day one grade, went in the seventh round. What is Herm Edwards doing to get kids drafted higher or make them more money? No, like I need, you question, to name, bro. I need you to name one thing and be specific because when Ray Anderson comes out and he says, we're going to focus on the NFL model, the question in that moment should always be how? Like name one specific thing that you're doing that nobody else should be doing. Because that's like the Culligan man saying, we're going to focus on delivering water to your house. That's your job. That is the <laughs> That's the bare minimum, Culligan man. <laughs> that's like, exactly what, do you, what gonna... you you want credit for what you are supposed to do. You want well, he, credit so he for said, what We're not going to all we're going to do is educate people on NIL. They have educated people out of the program. He said, you know, what what are you doing to educate? Well, we're using Open Doors. Open Doors is something that's available to literally every program. It is the bare minimum. Naming the thing that yep. you're doing as the bare minimum thing that's available to you and then saying that you're educating players. And it's and available to, to, to everybody. Like there's no differentiation between you and everybody else. It's not good when you put your kid on the phone with Open Doors and they tell them like, yeah, these schools are where kids are making the most money and then those kids jump in the portal. Because that's yep. what's happening. You're educating them right out of your program. Not only are you not helping them, you're actively harming your own program. So he's saying it's just our job to educate. He has literally chased kids out of the program with the current plan. Yep. That is not a good move. I'll let you talk on the local recruiting thing because nobody in Arizona wants to hear anything I have to say on that. And they've been calling me a bum for seven straight years for, for bringing up this. They haven't recruited locally well at all, dude. It's a It is an unmitigated disaster. What they've done locally. It is a, it it's damn near criminal. What they, what they have done. Like if you are Arizona State, Arizona State has let multiple four-star quarterbacks out of the state, five-star corner, uh, other you know other linemen out of the state, all of it. So I don't I don't want to hear anything about all the stuff that they're talking about because it's not true, it's not accurate, it's not genuine, and it's uh, I, I just don't believe it. When I talk to parents of of Arizona recruits, they often relate to me that they had a negative experience, a negative personal experience in dealing with the staff. Negative experience that they walked away saying this is um, a place that I would have considered except for the experience that I had. And that's me relaying information. I didn't make that up. There's no reason for me to make that up. And I'm not somebody who believes that you should take local kids. I've never believed that you should take local kids, but you should never be in a position to say that people say that you aren't doing all that you can. So they just had a big showcase with four of the most talented schools in the state. 87 college coaches were in attendance. Yeah. Arizona State was not one of them. 
They had showcases well, all over the state and Arizona state attended one of them. And then at the very, very end of that week, after Alabama had already visited a school in Southeast Chandler, Arizona state showed up to court uh, quarterback to Williams. Like th- it, it should never be that people don't see you. Cause you could say like, Hey, we did our research. It wasn't for us, but if you weren't there, that's what people are going to talk about. And that's, and so for Ray Anderson to be like, I'm glad that we're rededicating ourselves. This is another thing. You're rededicating yourselves to the bare minimum thing that you should have been doing all along. But even in saying that there's people talking about how this week, this week after you've rededicated yourself, you're not out there. Big dude. I, I don't even know why I, I've, I feel like it is the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Arizona state is not doing anything different and they keep trying to tell everybody that something's different. So at some point in time, people either have to stop believing them or something. Cause they, cause, cause what, cause what they're doing and what they say that they're doing, they don't match. So, and Ray Anderson and, and, uh, you know, and and Herm, it's not going to get get done. And I think that everybody needs to just just give up on that. To be perfectly can honest, I, with you. can I ask you a question about Oregon fans, the fan base that you're most most familiar with? Okay. If if Oregon lost, um, if Oregon lost eight starters, like seventeen scholarship players, but eight starters, we would we Oregon, would fire our coach. But okay. Okay, so right, eight starters after, like spring, like they went to like spring stuff, and then they transferred after, right? Yeah. And beyond that, you were under investigation. <laughs> you were under you were under an investigation that had resulted in the dismissal of half of your staff up to that point. But you won eight games the year before, and your athletic director says while eight games doesn't meet our expectations, it is better than two thirds of college and our fan base hasn't had a lot of eight win seasons. So they should recognize that. How would Oregon fans react to that specific thing that happened with Ray Anderson on speak of the devil's podcast? Well, I mean, well, he couldn't say that at Oregon because they've had a ton of (laughs) not only like if you went eight games at Oregon, you are on the hot seat, bro. I mean, it is like Oregon won 10, 10 games last last year, and it felt like a disaster because of the way the end, because of the way the season ended. So I, I I can't understand how people are looking at that, you know, and, and can say, "Oh yeah, we we were better than two thirds of college foot football, so we're a top forty program." Is, is that the goal to be a top forty program? What happened to take back Cali, take back the West, take back all of this, dude? Yep, sorry. Sorry, sorry, bro. Herm, I, I like Herm Edwards, and this is not a diss to, to him, but he ain't getting the job done. And Ray Anderson co-signed. Do you, do you know what Ray Anderson sounds like to me? He sounds like the president of the school, Michael Crow, still caping for um, uh, Larry Michael Scott last, last year to be commissioner. This is this is exactly yeah. what it feels like to me. I just 
I don't know. He said that, it, you know, Arizona State fans should be grateful because they haven't had a whole lot of eight win seasons over the last 25 years to celebrate. Which is not true. Right. You know, except for 1997, 2004, 2007, 2012, 2013, 2014, and 2019. So recently, yeah, there's been quite a quite quite a few, but you know, I digress. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bet three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Now, um, on to the next thing that we have today is uh, B. John Robinson just signed a big deal in um, with Lamborghini down in Texas, and you have some details on that. Yeah, so Bajan Robinson is a uh, running back from Tucson. Uh, he was oh basically- oh yeah that that could have been at Arizona State or Arizona, but okay, <laughs> right. Um, so he was ultimately it came down to USC, which he was very interested in attending Ohio State or Texas. Um, I think USC probably finished third, and probably the main reason for that is that they don't run the ball. Yes. So like at all, they don't don't run the ball at all. Um, So uh, he ends up getting an NIL deal with Lamborghini, which is fantastic. Um, I I absolutely love that. He's a great kid. Good for him. He, uh, he was interviewed or people in his life were interviewed by Pete Nakos for on three. And they talked about how this came about. And so I'm just going to read you a little bit of that um, 
that article. It all started a recruiting event inside Daryl K. Royal Memorial Stadium. With the theme of Steve Sarkeesian's All Gas, No Brakes, Texas asked luxury sports car dealerships in the area to bring vehicles to the event. Jeremy Jaramillo, Lamborghini's marketing director, was the representative for Lamborghini at the event. He let wideout Jordan Whittington rev up one of the cars, and then he stayed behind to network with people after the event. As I'm pulling out of the stadium through the tunnel, Bajan Robinson's roommate runs up to the car window, Jaramillo told On3. He said, can you stop real quick? I have Bajan Robinson on the phone, and he wants to know if you can do an NIL deal. Number one, I don't know who Bajan Robinson is, and I don't follow college football. Number two, I don't know what NIL is, because again, I don't follow college football. So I spoke to Bajan Robinson on the phone and I told him, if you give me some time, let me figure out what NIL is. I'll speak to one of our managing partners about it and see if it's something they're interested in. From there, Bajan ends up meeting with Jaramillo and Bruce Knox, one of the owners of Lamborghini of Austin at the Grand Prix motorcycle racing event. They discussed what the star running back was looking for and got to know him. After speaking with uh, Robinson, Lamborghini worked out a deal where he gets a Lamborghini for a year to drive it off the lot for one year. Jaramillo said at the end of the day, we're not boosters. We're not someone who, if Texas loses to Oklahoma at the end, um, that's the end of everything. Um, We're just a local business supporting local business right now. We want to have our brand associated with Bajan's brand because it's brand exposure for both parties. He wants to exude excellence on the field. That's what Lamborghini's brand is associated with exuding excellence and top-notch standards. That's really what we're looking for. The biggest piece of this partnership between us. So at the end of the day, if people are like, Oh, Texas is out here getting people NIL deals. No, Bajan Robinson's clutch ass roommate chasing down the marketing director for exactly. Lamborghini is what got him this NIL deal. So respect to him for the hustle. I hope that he, uh, even if he's not allowed to gets to drive it around <laughs> once or twice, because that's quite a hookup, uh, for your own roommate. Number two, the idea that somebody who doesn't even know college football could meet with Bajan Robinson and be like, yeah, this is definitely somebody we want to be associated with makes me wonder who do we have in the Pac-12 that has that type of national clout, that type of DJ Uyagale, Chick-fil-A exactly. clout? Like, who in the Pac-12, George, do you think at this point in time should the Pac-12 be promoting and pushing to get some type of national commercial recognition? Hold, hold on one second, Ralph. So the players in the Pac-12 – I think that this year's a, a little bit tricky, right? Because I think that last year you could have had Kayvon Thibodeau, who could have been like a B. John Robinson, like a guy who could be out in front and center for a major brand like that, and Drake London as well at USC. And prior so so I think that those two dudes because and and also you could put Caleb Williams up there this year because he's a big brand name that already has some cachet. Um, so aside from Caleb Williams this year, maybe I mean if Bo Nix starts, but I don't think that there's anybody else that maybe is coming into the season with that sort of 
you know, hype and name brand. Can you think of anybody like in terms of any of the defenders or anybody else that or any of the offensive players that are coming in like, yo, yo, like this dude feels like a for sure first round pick right now. I feel like regionally, if a couple of guys go off, they might have some of that clout, like a Michael Penix at um, Washington or Cam Ward. Cam Cam Ward might be that guy. If Cam Ward is everything that everybody says that he can be, then maybe he's the person that should start to be promoted. But like, I thought the Pac-12 and Kayvon Thibodeau did a good job of kind of promoting himself. Yeah. But I'm going to be honest, man. I learned more about Drake London in the lead up to the NFL draft than I did the entire time he was at USC. So do you think that that's a conference problem or do you think yes. that that's. Yeah, I do. I do. I think that it's a conference problem. I think that it should be a concerted effort to say like, Hey, it's better for us to just literally build hype of 10 players and have eight of them suck as long as two stick um, than it is to wait to see who performs and then start to rally stuff um, at that point. I think probably the, the, the the most marketable people in the Pac-12 right now um, are maybe not even football players, right? And so that's um, with football, they they want football to be the biggest sport and it's going to have to be personality driven because it's not, like I said, JT Shrout's name had not been tweeted in over a month until we just tweeted it out from the Pac-12 Apostles thing. So, you know, I mean... Will the Pac-12, now that Jordan Addison, who won the Bolitnikoff, now that Jordan Addison is at USC, will the Pac-12 push him out there and say, like, hey, Mm. the best receiver in the country. Oh, I forgot about Jordan, Jordan Addison, too. Jeez Louise. Yeah, he's he already has hardware. He got the Bolitnikoff Award, all of that. So, so yeah, he should be one of those guys that is being pushed front and center too. In a perfect world, a fifth year starting quarterback at a college in LA, who is a great interview and a good kid and a flashy player in Dorian Thompson Robinson would be that guy. We'd already have, um, we'd already have some sort of, you know what. I know in and out doesn't do like TV spots or anything like that, but even if they had social media presence, like some national brand based on the West coast should be taking advantage of the fact that Dorian Thompson Robinson is there and that he could be primed for a massive year. But that that just isn't uh, and Jaden Delora, even Jaden Delora, if he wins the job down at university of Arizona, which there's no reason he shouldn't, he already has the stats to back up that he is up there with Dorian Thompson Robinson as one of the best quarterbacks in, in the pac 12. And he, and they should be getting his name and face out there on some level. It could just be that there's too much transition in the pac 12 this year to make something like that happen. But we have to identify who these players are and hype them up beforehand so that players that are coming through and getting recruited can see that because all a player is going to see is Bajan Robinson left Tucson, went to Texas and got an NIL deal with Lamborghini and Texas is going to take credit for that. But George, Texas didn't have shit to do with it outside exactly. of setting up the event, which Sarkeesian yeah. deserves credit for setting up that event. But like if Bajan Robinson and his roommate had not taken initiative, there would be no Lamborghini deal. But kids aren't going to recognize it as being that. They're going to say, Bajan, Texas, Lamborghini. I like Lamborghinis. I had those posters on my wall. I want to go to Texas. 
See, now Texas is right for trying to capitalize on this, but in in their heart, heart of hearts, they should know <laughs> that they didn't do anything for for this. That B. John should let his roommate ride ride around in in the Lambo every every now and then, dude. The what what I would love to see is the the L.A. Dodgers have a two hundred and eighty four million dollar payroll, right? Okay. They should sign an NIL deal with Dorian Thompson Robinson. Why? To just to just to be affiliated with him and to promote the Dodgers all year long because why not? Yeah. Yeah. Like there, there. I'm I'm trying to think of like what what nationally could be done for the players in this conference. And the truth is there's not a lot of star power right now, but you, you, you got to dance with the one that brought you, right? These are the players that we have here. Now we know that Dorian Thompson Robinson can be that guy. We know that Jaden Delora can be that guy. We know that Cam Ward is probably going to have a really big season. We know that Michael Penix was one of the most exciting players in college football when he was healthy. Yo, oh, 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 for sure because he had that big win over who was it? Oh, Ohio State when he when he dove in the end zone and he tore his ACL on that play. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. Um, you know, and then Jordan Addison comes with, you know, with the the pedigree and the awards that 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 he has, and uh, I'm assuming that he's not you know, hurting for money and that they figured something out as far as like a, a program um, related NIL deal. But what we need is national recognition for future recruiting classes. That's what we need. Yep. And there yep. are so many businesses and bill- like Silicon Valley that there's uh, like Carvana is owned by, I think a U of A alum. Um, Artie Moreno, the owner of the Los Angeles angels is a wildcat. Like you really, we, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just, there, there has to be some type of way and I'm just a guy on a podcast. There's nothing that I can do, but I would really love to see some of these players get, get hyped up and, and get some um, corporate backing from people who have PAC 12 or regional affiliation. Um, That way that could spur some future success in the conference. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, the The final thing that I wanted to bring up, Ralph, was that there was well that the conference put out the start times for the first three weeks, and you have September first, Thursday. Um, Arizona State starts on Pac twelve Network on Friday. TCU at Colorado, and then on that Saturday. Arizona State at San Diego is on CBS. Oregon, Georgia is on ABC. That's the 1230 game. Um, USC starts versus Rice on Pac-12 Network. Utah at Florida on ESPN. Boise State at Oregon State on ESPN. And Kent State, Washington on FS1, while all the rest of the games are on the Pac-12 Network. Are you okay with the fact that USC starts – Lincoln Riley's tenure on Pac-12 Network. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish that that wasn't the case, but it is what it is. Um, maybe they'll go from 14.8 million subscribers to 14.9. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that, yeah, uh, yeah, because they're you know, you know, there's going to be Oklahoma fans getting sling subscriptions so they can hate watch. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure, bro. And and then week two, Utah's on Pac-12 Network, Colorado Air Force on CBS, Washington State at Wisconsin, which I mean, that's a stylistic fight that I'm interested to watch. That one's going to be on Fox, um, Arizona. State. Uh, Arizona State, Oklahoma State, ESPN2, USC Stanford on ABC, the primetime game. Um, God, Oregon last St- time, the, <laughs> the, the last Stanford early season prime uh, uh, or major TV performance. Oh, my Kansas God, against State. Kansas State. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they're more ready than that. Yep. Oregon State at Fresno State on CBS Sports Net. I didn't even know that that was a station. Um, That's where the Mountain West plays a lot of their games. Uh, Mississippi State at Arizona on, on FS1. And then week three, Cal at Notre Dame on NBC. BYU at Oregon on Fox. Colorado at Minnesota on ESPN2. Michigan State at Washington on ABC. San Diego State at Utah on ESPN, Fresno State at USC on Fox, and North Dakota State at Arizona on FS1. I think that there's a lot of good coverage yeah, for the Pac-12 in the first three three weeks. How, how hyped up are you for that Utah-San Diego State man, rematch? Oh, my God. Bro. bro uh, yeah. Yeah. Because Utah is going to be coming for blood. They got the quarterback who should have been starting. Well, actually, on, on another note, uh, people were like, when I talked to people at Utah and they've said, you know, people were like, yo, you had the wrong quarterback starting. And they're like, you didn't see them in practice. <laughs> so, you know, that would be easier to digest. The coach, the coaching staff telling you that would be easier to digest if the players didn't vote Cam Rising a captain. <laughs> <laughs> that Maybe is- that's our guy. Maybe that's who we should we, we should be throwing uh, everything behind to promote is is Cam Rising because if they Oh yes, yes. The level of success they had with him at quarterback. Yep. Um yeah, so but uh you guys, that is the Pac-12 Apostles. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden. Enjoy the show. Peace out. Catch you later. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.